Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have tremendous news for you. Our partners at Bet Online they continue to get it done as the number one source for all betting options. You get free be- uh, live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. How about it? From pro and college basketball to golf, the NFL coming around in the fall again, college football, UFC, MMA, you name it. It's truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. All you have to do is head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is where the game starts. It is indeed March, and you know what that means. College basketball takes center stage. And hey, it's a sport fan's dream because of the possibilities for major upsets and fascinating stories. And if you're like me, you fill out that bracket and watch the underdogs and small schools go toe-to-toe with the sports giants. It's three weeks of college basketball at its finest with the best performers turn into legends. The spectacle of March, well, it builds on months of stories about team successes and struggles. College basketball reporters understand the impacts of the tournament on the sports finances and pro prospects for players. Aspiring sports journalists learn how to tell the stories of March and more at St. Bonaventure University. SBU offers an entirely online Master of Arts in Sports Journalism for newcomers to the field. There are actually no graduate exam requirements for admission, and you can enroll with a bachelor's degree in any field. Your love of the game and drive toward innovative storytelling finds a home at SBU. This sports journalism program can be completed in less than two years with flexibility built into the curriculum. Experienced faculty teach interviewing skills, journalistic ethics, and other essential skills for success in this profession. Many students have gone on to cover sport on the big stage, including myself, Adrian Wojnarowski, and Tim Bontemps. Get in touch with an enrollment advisor today at sbujournalism.com. That's sbujournalism.com. And learn how you can become a sports journalist. That's sbujournalism.com. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter, back with you. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Deezer, CastBox, you name it. We are everywhere. Really appreciate the support here on the program. And hey, don't forget to uh, subscribe to my YouTube page, Mike L Sports, and of course, follow me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. We are brought to you by Welch and Company Jewelers, Stanley Law Offices, Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, Liverpool Physical Therapy, and our great, great friends over at Burton Ace Hardware. If you're in and around Central New York, Route 11 in Burton, in front of the Burton Bridge, they've got literally everything and anything that you need for your house inside or outside. We're talking about the biggest brands, the best products from outdoor living to tools, lawn and garden, grills and smokers, hardware, building supplies, automotive, RV, and marine. You name it, it's all there. And you can check out all of their top sales and specials at acehardware.com. That's acehardware.com. It's unbelievable. I mean, they've got so many things there. You can walk in and kind of get lost. And I mean that in a good way uh, from all of your uh, you know, Craftsman products to Birdseed even. I'm telling you, it's everything and anything that you could ever find uh, you know, in between, uh, you know, uh, those items and of course, uh, outside and inside and man, they've got those grills, those Traeger grills. Uh, I might have to get one of those myself. AceHardware.com. Burton Ace Hardware is a proud ML sports platter sponsor. Well, this guy has been covering the New York sports scene for an awfully long time and 
doing it at an incredibly high level, uh, covering the the Knicks and the Rangers, the Yankees and the Mets, the Jets and Giants, the Rangers and Devils and uh, New York Islanders. What a sports time it is right now as we see if the New York Rangers just picking up Tarasenko and Kane can charge towards the Stanley Cup. People are running uh, really on, on, on a high of impatience that we haven't seen uh, with the Yankees in quite a long time in terms of getting to and winning a World Series. And the Mets, of course, spending uh, you know millions and millions and millions of dollars. There's so much going on uh, with the New York sports scene right now. And we bring him in, the sports columnist for the New York Post. He's a St. Bonaventure graduate as well, so we like him a little bit more. Mike Vaccaro, at Mike Vac on Twitter. That's at Mike, V-A-C-C. Mike, thanks for a few minutes, buddy. Mike, it's great talking to you again. How are you doing today? Yeah, man, uh, hanging in there, and uh, certainly uh, great to have you back. I feel like it's been a little too long. Um, I, I could go so many places to start here. Let, let's just you know start with with our Bonnies this year. I, I mean, I guess Roller Coaster City, right? <laughs> totally. I mean, it's exactly what I expected it to be because, I mean, look, they had literally had zero minutes returning from last year, which is unbelievable, I think. On the broadcast the other day from the St. Joe's game, they, they described them as an expansion team, which is really what they are. I mean, they have an entirely different team. Um, you know, and, and it, 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 it's, it, it's, I guess it's the first, I found this out last night, I guess it's the first time in school history that they've beaten both the top two teams in the league and lost to the bottom two teams in the league. Yeah, I saw that. I think, yeah. I think pretty much uh, exemplifies what they are. I mean, if they win Saturday, they'll be 9-9 in the league. And you know what, I'll, I'll take that in a rebuilding season. And, you know, you know, obviously, in the, in the modern world of college basketball, you kind of just kind of hope that everybody comes back, but everybody could come back. They didn't have they don't have any seniors, and if they have this group next year, I mean, look at how you know, look, look at how improved Chad Venning is just from the beginning of the year, and if you can, you know, kind of project that onto what he would be like next year, I mean, it's you, you might you might have an all league player, mm-hmm. and uh, and everybody else. Well, I mean, you know, the the, the, uh, the freshmen have gotten a lot of playing time, which is good, and it's good to see where they are. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot of hope. There really is. I mean, it's just. It's amazing because you get you have this high when they beat Dayton and they beat they went at VCU and, and all of a sudden you scratch your head because they just don't show up against uh, against Loyola and they have they've had so many tough losses and I think that's part of it too you know last year's team knew how to win because they've been through the wars before and this year's team has four games you can point right out in league play I mean you win three of those games all of a sudden you're looking at eleven wins and maybe a four seed which uh, you know in, in this year would have been unbelievable but even even nine and nine like I mean. To me, it's a win if they can avoid the first day in Brooklyn and you know get the get the buy. Yeah, I'll take that. We'll, 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 we'll see what we have next year. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we know it, it's no different for Bonna, Duke, Kentucky, Syracuse, Dayton, Loyola. It doesn't matter the school. The NIL and transfer portal is just. Be, I mean, I just recorded West Durham a couple minutes ago, and it. I mean, it's college basketball is a mess. I mean, I, well, it's the Wild West. You know, it, 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 it is. It's, it's a lot harder to be a basketball coach now than it was a year ago, mm-hmm. two years ago. You know, and look, maybe, you know, you know, maybe uh, judge through the prism of what's right, what's wrong, what's fair. You know, maybe players should have had this freedom of movement, you know, for the last hundred years, but they didn't. So we're used to a certain way of things being. And so now, you know, you know it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's funny. I mean, they're, 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 every, every program's got the, their, their own delicate balance, right? Because like the, the really good teams, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, the elite teams, they have to fight on two on two battles because you you know you got to play kids enough so they won't transfer, but if you play them too much and they're great, they're going to go to the draft. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and and it all kind of filters down, you know. I mean, Bonaventure really hasn't had a situation where they've been pushed much, you know. Amazingly, I mean, because mm-hmm. they've done you know, and, and and they've actually you know they've done well by getting players from lower level conferences. You know, Daryl Banks this year. Couple of years ago with Mobley, I mean, it's 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 
You know, that's, but, 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 you know, at, at some point that's going to happen. At some point they're going to lose players. They're, they're going to go back and, you know, like they, 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 I think they have the rookie of the year from two, from two leagues and only players from two other leagues from last year on their team this year. That's just the way of the world right now. Yeah, they're and look, they're decent players. They're, I mean, they they've shown that they can be great at times. Uh, obviously, struggled struggles, you know, at other times. But I mean, they're look. Everybody's a, you have to be a good player to be a D one player, and then from there the levels obviously go up. Good, great, elite, you know, whatever. The consistency really is the big part of it. But again, the consistency lies in they're players from all over the place. You know, they didn't spend last summer together. They, you know, they right. didn't spend the last three years together. You know, this isn't like Kyle and Dom and Oshun and the rest of the gang right. and Attaway and Holmes being, you know, together for four years and no tendencies late in games. It's just, it's just kind of where we are. It's crazy it's stuff. Different. I mean, and it, it, it's almost like, you know, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you want to, if you really want to become open-minded about it, it's kind of like a, you know, in, in baseball, in, in major baseball, a lot of times you sign out of high school you, know, you play A ball as a 19 year old, you play double A ball as a, as a 20 year old, you play triple A ball as a 21 year old. I mean, you know, I can see it developing to where you're playing in the Northeast Conference as a freshman, you're playing in the one A10 as a sophomore, you're playing in the Big East as a junior, you're playing in the Big Ten as a senior. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, that's an extreme example, but I mean, that's kind of, you know, kind of what baseball has done professionally for 150 years. So, I mean, I suppose if you look at it that way, it's just another way to emulate that model. Give me a reason why the Yankees will make the World Series and why they won't make the World Series? Well, they're good. They're really good. I mean, you know, they won 99 games last year, and it was considered a catastrophe, and they won a playoff round. They won game four on the road in the playoffs. They, you know, they, they won back-to-back must-wins. And look, I mean, the way the way it ended against the Astros, nobody liked that because it was a sweep against, you know, against a detested team. And, and look, for the first half of the season last year, it looked like they were going to win 120 games. So, you know, they, 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 there was a lot, you know, left on the table, but, you know, they're, 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 a lot of those players are back, you know, if those players stay healthy, I mean, look, the, the Yankees didn't have Omehu in the postseason last year, that's, you know, that hurt, you know, it, it, it's, it ended up, you know, Carpenter in the, in the playoffs last year, he was hurt, I mean, he had a limited version of him, and, and look, I mean, you know, and, and, and I know they, I know Frankie Montas was a blow, but the Yankees should have as good a starting rotation as anybody in the American League, I mean, the, I mean, the problem is the fact that their they're, they're division is stacked, you know, I mean, the Red Sox are looking like the worst team in that league, in, in, mm-hmm. in that division. And would anybody be surprised if the Red Sox won 85 games? I mean, maybe Red Sox fans would because they're pessimistic. But, I mean, the Orioles are much better. And, the, you know, the, the Rays are always going to be good. Um, you know, and, and, and the Blue Jays are terrific. So, you know, it's – it's uh, now they're getting – I guess, I guess everyone in that division catches a break because they play fewer games against each other this year because of the new schedule. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's still going to be a thing. It's, it's going to be a bear to win that division. The thing is, we saw last year in baseball, I mean, not entirely, I guess, because the Phillies kind of broke the model. But you really do. You know, I, I think after we have like a 10-year sample size, you'll find that you really want to avoid that first series – you know the the the, uh, the do or die two out of three, uh, and, and you know, that's what this would sidetrack the Mets last year. And you know if you can get one of those two buys, I think that's that, that, that's important. And so I think that that's what you have to look at for the Yankees. You want to try not, not only finish in first place in the East, but you want to finish with one of the two best records, so you don't have to you know get to get to, to wrestle in the muck of the uh, of the opening round game, opening round series. New York. Post sports columnist Mike Vaccaro, my guy on Twitter at Mike Vac, our guest here on the platter, brought to you by Burn Dairy and Stanley Law Offices. There has to be a way, Mike, right before opening day, that the Mets have a I don't know one point four billion dollar payroll. Can we can we get it up a little bit here, Mike? Go- I mean, I think I, I, I think if he, if Steve Cohen could do it, he wouldn't flinch. Uh, which is uh, you know for Mets fans who endured the Wilpon catch regime for so many years, especially after the Madoff scandal, kind of basically. 
turn them into an austerity team. I mean, it's it's, it's a whole different uh, way of looking at the sport and looking at the game. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I, it's, it's hilarious because I didn't think – I, I thought there would be more backlash about the way the Korea thing played out than there was. Yeah. I think Mets fans realized, well, whatever, we didn't get that guy, but – that, 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 that allows us to go, you know, go stronger for Otani next year. That's the kind of mindset you have now <laughs> when you have an owner like this. Yeah. There's nobody that you can't dream about acquiring, that, you know, as long as as long as he's willing to pay, and he's certainly willing to pay. So, you know, and, and, and who knows? I mean, you know, you know, you know Beatty came up last year and showed some signs. Uh, the, the, the kid Moraccio is, 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 is just knocking walls down in, in Port St. Lucie right now. So. You know, maybe they'll wind up, you know, figuring it out, uh, you know, uh, you know, in, in a different way in terms of, of lengthening the lineup. Because that was their problem at the end of last year was the fact that, you know, their their, their lineup, you know, they, they took a hit um, with, with some injuries late in the year. Um, Sterling Marte was a huge loss. Yes. He came back for the Padres series, but wasn't, you know, wasn't himself. Um, you know, if if you got past the Mets' top six hitters, you know, it was almost like an old school National League team where the seven, eight, nine. You, figure out a way to get to those guys you could, you could, you could beat the Mets that's what the Braves found out late in the year and Padres discovered in the playoffs so I mean I think uh, trying to link that lineup is is a big deal and I think they uh, you know I, I, I do think they'll have a pretty pretty darn good lineup and a lot of it's going to depend on what develops from the kids that uh, you know that uh, you know you know the, the Alvarez and the Beatty's and the Maraccios and see how those how, how, how that goes yeah no I mean look they're loaded uh they pick up you know Verlander and I mean they're just gosh top to bottom you're like wow World Series are bust again and this and that. but uh, something always happens to them I mean they're the Mets it's something always happens yeah, plus they're also they have, they have the same situation that the Yankees have in a lot of ways I mean, they do the NL East is loaded too I mean, Correct. The Braves the Braves are going to win 100 games this year again probably I mean come close I mean the Phillies you know it was it was it was, it was treated like the Phillies were some kind of hickory high uh, you know success story last year yeah. in fact. You know that, that's a loaded team, especially offensively. And that, that ballpark, I mean, you know, they got they, they they got all their hitters healthy at the right time, and they were all hot. Bryce Harper was Bryce Harper, and so they got to the World Series. And you know, they, they didn't get any worse uh, this year, certainly in the in, in, in the off season. So um, it, it's uh, you know it, it's going to be a tough a tough slog for the Mets. Again, say same thing with the Yankees. I mean, you, you try to finish first in that division. That's that's pretty hard hard thing. So um, it's going to be but it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of a lot of good baseball in New York this year. It's going to be great to watch. Yeah, no doubt. So, in other news, in another sport, and I, you know, I know that the NHL to many people isn't the NFL, college football, whatever. But don't tell people that in New York City when the Rangers are in the Cup playoffs and they're making a run and the Garden is jumping. I've been to a Ranger playoff game. It just you wake up, you walk on the streets. It's different. It's amazing. It's energetic. There's chance going on. It's an original six team. There's history there. Messier, 94, Leach, Richter, all that sort of stuff. Ranger fans are freaking diehards. They get Tarasenko. They get Kane. No big deal there. And here we are. They're right there in the thick of it, Mike, to go after the Stanley Cup with these guys. They already had a cup contending team, in my opinion, because they're built so well up the middle. They've got Shesterkin. and Chris Drury just hits home runs. Anything the guy does, he succeeds at. Where are you at with the Rangers? How confident now are you? You know, is it, how much more confident I should say with Tarasenko, and then the level goes up that much more with Kane here. And and then if you could follow up with that, you've experienced all of what I just talked about. Ninety four with the Knicks and Rangers. When the Rangers are in it late, it's the media capital of the world. That's a great thing for the sport, man. And right now, there's no hotter ticket I assume in that town than the New York Rangers. Yeah, 
Um, it's just, you know, they, I guess there was a lot of stories today about how Rangers tickets on the secondary market went up, like, you know, 400% today because Kane makes his debut. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, they, 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 they had a terrific year last year and they, 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 they gave Lightning every, every ounce they could handle last year. And so you would think that they would be able to, 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 to replicate that because they've got a better team now, got better players, you know, and, and they, they, they've really done. You know, they had to do at the, at the deadline to get better. And, uh, you know, it's going to be, I mean, they're probably not going to catch the Bruins, and it's probably going to be the guy, you know, the, the team, like a favorite the range can hope that, the, that somebody takes the Bruins out. What's really interesting is that, uh, is, is, you know, is the possibilities early on in the playoffs that the Rangers wind up matching up with the Devils in the first, second round. Oh, that I hope so. Fun, <laughs> uh, because of, uh, yeah. you know, just, 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 just because that's got so much history attached to it. Who knows if the Islanders sneak in, maybe you, know, you, 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 can, you can add that to the, to the local hockey mix. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, they, 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 there's no reason they shouldn't, uh, they shouldn't be ready to make a run. I mean, they, 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 they've had stretches. You know, the goaltender hasn't been quite as good as he was last year, yeah. but you know, goalies are like relief pitchers. Just you kind of wait until they, and, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're great until they're not, and then they're not good until they are good. That's yeah. just, just kind of got to wait it out. He's obviously, he won the Vezda last year, so you know he's you know he's got it in him. So um, he, he carried them last year. He's been carried a little bit this year, a little more than he's been used to. But uh, all you need is all you need is a hot goalie in the playoffs, Mike. You know that, and uh, you know it's it's and like you said, I mean there's there's nothing better in sports really than playoff hockey. Oh. You know, playoff hockey inside the garden, and, you know the the, 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 the tee garden, the really play, the special places where hockey you know, it really matters. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a great thing. Looking forward to that. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I look, I don't think the NHL has ever been better. I think the product's amazing. And I love that comparison with relief pitchers and goaltenders. Goalie's the second most important position in sports, in my opinion, behind an NFL quarterback. And you know what? For as great as Mariano Rivera was, there was still Luis Gonzalez. There was still Sandy Alomar. There was still some of the 04 stuff. Um, yep. But he's Mariano, and overall, would you take him 9 out of 10? Well, I'd take him 12 out of 10, and you want to go down, yeah, you know, with, with with your best guy. Um, yeah, I can't wait. The playoffs are going to be amazing, and that Jack Hughes fellow for the Devils is pretty good, too. In fact, he might be the heart winner this year if McDavid wasn't McDavid. And uh, yeah. I love Hughes. Can you believe, by the way, with Jack, that family, I, I can't believe when you have multiple players in any sport from a family um, – Hall of Famers, Hall of Famers to be, Hall of Fame trajectory, whatever the case may be. You look at like the Kachucks. Now we've got the Hughes guys, and they're saying Luke Hughes out of Michigan is going to be better than the other guys. And and Jack Hughes is pretty darn good right now too. Quinn Hughes is amazing. They're building around him in Vancouver. I just I marvel at that kind of stuff, Mike. I mean, you know, you, you can go back years ago when it seemed like every couple of years there was a different Sutter brother too. Yeah, there you go. The other. Yeah. And it seemed like the, every team in the NHL had a Sutter brother on the team, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, it's great. I mean, yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's to watch those the the, the, the the huge brothers play. It's it's, it's just remarkable. And he's a lot of fun to watch for the Devils. He really is. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, I mean, they I'm not gonna say they came out of nowhere because it seemed, it seemed like they were disappointing the last couple of years, but. Uh, you know they've they 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 they've been they've been cranking it all year, and if not for the Bruins, I mean they'd probably be the team to beat in the East, you know, short of the Rangers. But uh, man, if there's a Rangers Devils playoff oh. series around here, you know, dial it up because that, that that'll be some fun. Yeah, no doubt. And Ranger fans, they talk a lot of junk, but they love their team. They're so passionate. And I've said for a long time, hey, the Rangers might have the pizzazz, they might have the arena, they might have the Manhattan thing. But the Devils have won more, you know, the last uh, 20 whatever sure. years with Brodeur and company. They've been the more, by far more successful franchise. Um, let's wrap it up here with just a quick hit on the NFL offseason, man. You're in Jets-Giants land. Give me a Jets goal, maybe, and a Giants goal uh, in the offseason. And by the way, 
What a year, I thought, for the New York Giants and a hell of a campaign for Brian Dable. Boy, oh boy. Sure was. I mean, the Giants, look, I mean, you know, I think they're too smart to, to be fooled by what they did last year. It was a great year. They performed well. They outperformed expectations for sure. Um, uh, but, you know, look, I mean, a lot of things fell right for them. They won a couple of close games. Uh, anybody with any kind of objective assessment of the Giants says, you know, sees that they're, they still need a lot of players. And so it's going to be really important for them to kind of figure out what they're going to do with specifically with Jones and Barkley. Um, look, I mean, there's 32 teams in the NFL, and there's probably 15 or 16 competent quarterbacks, and the Giants happen to have one. And so I don't think you can just let that guy walk out the door. I, mean, I think you have to do what you, what you can to, to lock him up. You know, Barkley's a different situation. I suppose you could you could franchise him, but that makes the player unhappy, and it's still you know not really help you in terms of flexibility for acquiring other players. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But look, I think uh, Giants fans trust uh, Shane and Dable very you know, implicitly. Uh, they both they both shown some early speed in terms of understanding and identifying what they need to do to make that team good. And look, the Jets are fascinating because you know right now they're kind of just waiting for Aaron Rodgers to emerge from the darkness, literally <laughs> metaphorically, and figure out what they're going to do quarterback. Now, if it was my call, I just would forget about Aaron Rodgers and sign Derek Carr. Um, you know, I mean, Rodgers is a great quarterback. He brings a lot of stuff with him, and he's 39 years old. Like, and, and not only that, but to, to acquire him, you're going to have to give up assets and. and what you got to do with, with, with cars is give up some money. And, um, you know, and, and I think the Jets, the Jets don't need a savior quarterback. They need a competent quarterback. If they'd had a competent quarterback for 17 games last year, I think they would have won 10 or 11 games, you know, and I think they could do better next year. They have a, a borderline elite defense, and they have, you know, a, a good running game, whatever, whatever. They need to shore up the offensive line and get that stronger. But, I mean, the Jets are, the Jets are, just, are, are just yearning for, for competence at that position. And I think that's what Carr would give him. And I think that, uh, you know, all the other stuff that comes along with the Aaron Rodgers song and dance. And look, I mean, I know there are some people who say, well, we don't want another Brett Favre situation. But look, I mean, yeah, I mean, Brett Favre's year here was looked at poorly, but they were 8-3 and three until they got hurt. I mean, they were awfully good. And they just knocked off the best team in football, the Titans, and when you know when, when he got hurt. They were 8-3 and three and they were doing pretty well. He got banged up and that kind of ended that season on a hard sour note. So, um, you know, yeah. I don't think those are fair comparisons. I just I just think that for, for the Jets, it would be a smarter thing to go with Carr. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. I mean, he's such a friggin' weirdo. And and not only all, all the stuff you mentioned, but above all that, I look at it like the offseason. He, he didn't commit. You know, I know they lost Devontae Adams and all that, but he didn't commit to his new cast of weapons and, and go and do the offseason stuff that Mahomes does and Brady does and Allen does. And, you know, I, he, didn't, he didn't commit. And I don't want... He might be going to the Hall of Fame on the first ballot, Mike, but his playoff success lately does not look good. And I don't even have him actually as a top ten quarterback historically. I think a lot of people think I'm crazy, but he just does. He just seems to float and just hope for the best. And I just I don't want a guy like that. I want a guy who's like diehard, ready to go, and wants to win at all costs. I just don't think he's he's, he's a guy that you ransom the farm farm for. Right. If the, if the Chiefs if the, if the Chiefs get down the case of temporary of temporary insanity and decide that they're going to put Pat Mahomes on the market. <laughs> Okay, we've had enough to get Patrick Mahomes sure. at age 27, sure. you know, to do what you got to do. I mean, that, that of course, would never happen. But, you know, for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, given what, what it's going to cost to get him, I, I, I wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't. Yeah. Mike, you know what? If you have 30 seconds or so, can you just tell people out there about your Fordham uh, column? That was an incredible piece, man. And they've got it really rolling. Rose, Rose Hill looks like a fun place to see a game. 
It sure is. It, you know, it always has been, but it's always been fun for like if you're, if you're a Bottomature fan going in, the guys are playing there because there's like a, a courtside seat. <laughs> and that's the uh, that, that, that's the way it's been for you know for Bottomature, for Dayton, for, uh, yeah, for right. all these you know Atlantic Ten teams because because that you know no, nobody went to the games there this mm-hmm. year. It's been just the opposite. I mean, it's just about two thousand seats, a little under because of construction, and and it's the oldest gym in Division One. I, I mean, cool. you, know, you know, fifty years ago when Fordham had its last great team. They were still they were, they were falling out the rock pile then. So I mean that's how old Rose Hill is. But they 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 had they had, they had a tough loss last night at, G, at George Mason. But they have, if they went on Saturday they'll they'll, they'll get a you know, double bye. That Bonaventure fans have learned to cover over the years. And look, I mean they're a team. You know, unfortunately the way the, the way of the league and the way that they just they went about things, they need to win the tournament. Even though they've got 23 or 24 wins, um, they had a horrible off uh, horrible out of conference schedule. But you know what? What that what that schedule did was it taught them how to win, and it, yeah. and it got them in a winning habit, and they've carried that over to to, to to the league. So I mean, it's hard to it's it's hard to argue with that. And look, I mean, if they get the double bye, it means what they're going to need to do is win three games about 15 miles away from campus, you know. And yeah. you know, could they do that? Of course they could. I mean, you know, if if, if ever Fordham found itself in the Atlantic Ten Finals at Barclays Center, you know, there'll be 7,000 Fordham fans there. Which is spectacular, you know. Yeah. Um, and there might be, you know, eight thousand VCU fans, but I mean, it would just be, it'd be a wonderful thing for the league. To be honest with you, Fordham was able to get to the finals of this of this league and this, this, this tournament. That would be wonderful. And it's great for New York City basketball, you know. St. John's is scuffling. Hofstra is really good this year. Iona is going to be good, I mean, you know, for as long as Patino is there. But uh, you know, really, I mean, Fordham has been the has been kind of the, the standard bearer this year. Yeah, no doubt. If the Bonnies weren't to pull a miracle, I'm definitely rooting for the Rams. New York Post sports columnist Mike Vaccaro, at Mike Vac on Twitter, at Mike V-A-C-C. It's also on the A-list, of course, because he's a St. Bonaventure graduate, and I'm proud to call him. As are you, Mike. (laughs) Thanks, man. I'm proud to call you a friend. Uh, Appreciate you reaching out, um, you know, and, uh, you know, coming on the show all the time. It means a lot, and we'll talk to you down the line, all right? Still got to get together. All right. Good time as always. Thank you. you. See you, bud. Speaking of more St. Bonaventure talk, we bring in a guy who's just crushing it right now, covering the Bonnies, uh, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Jack underscore Milko. He is the A-10 Talk Bonnies insider, covers the Atlantic 10 across the board as well, and uh, as we gear up for all the March insanity with the conference tournaments and all the rest this week and uh, the big dance next week, we chat Bonnies hoops, A-10 hoops with our guy, Jack Milko. Hey, Jack, how are you? Hey, Mike, happy to be on. Glad to be back. How are you? I'm well. I appreciate you doing this. And we start with the magical question. It's been a really hard year for the Bonnies. Obviously, they've shown glimpses. They've had huge wins. Most of February was absolutely brutal. We're here. It's conference tournament week. Can this team make a run in Brooklyn? I don't see why not. Um, Obviously, they've had a real interesting season. Um, they're just a little bit below 500. Have had some stretches of wins. Got a big win against Dayton at VCU, the two premier teams in the conference. But then they lost some games that uh, made you scratch your head, right? Um, so they've really defined inconsistency this year. So if they can put together a consistent four-game stretch, I don't see why not. If they can't cut down the nets on Sunday. Um, with that said. Uh, it looks like they're going to be in that first round matchup against uh, either the eight nine game, and uh, then they got to play VCU, who VCU has been stellar mm-hmm. over the last month since they beat the Bonnies at the end of January, or since the Bonnies beat VCU, I should say, at the end of January. 
What's the key thing that makes you feel that they could make a run, you know, as far as kind of the inside walls here? I mean, is it is it that they have Venning, who's a bruiser? Uh, is it is it Daryl Banks, who's just a ridiculous March player, can take over any game at any time? Is it maybe recapturing that famous Mark Schmidt, you know, lockdown defense? Uh, what is it? What, what What is it that stands above the rest? Well, the big thing, and Coach Schmidt has talked about this all year, is the defense. Bonaventure is not going to win with their offense. They're going to win with their defense. And when their defense breaks down, that's when they really find themselves in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I think the key with that is Chad Venning. Um, Venning, few players in the conference have the size that he has at 6'10", 270 pounds. He has tremendous footwork. He grew up as a boxer. His dad was a, a professional boxer. I didn't know so that. that. And, if, and, if, and if you watch Venning closely, you're – really amazed by how nimble he moves on the, on the floor considering his size and i think he's really taking steps defensively this year but mm-hmm. the question is can he stay out of foul trouble because when he's not on the floor bonaventure's got to play small ball right and that's when teams in the eight ten especially have taken advantage of that lack of interior size when Benning's not on the floor how down is the a10 overall uh it's down bad it's down bad uh, back in media day in october uh, a lot of pundits, a lot of coaches that were there were talking about how ooh, they didn't get three or four bits this year, and they're barely going to sniff one. I mean, if, if VCU doesn't win the Atlantic 10 tournament, they're not going to be in at large. And that's really concerning for a conference uh, of the Atlantic 10's pedigree, considering the amount of money conferences make just by having a team go to the big dance, right? And the Atlantic 10 has never been a one-big league, and now it's looking like that's going to be the case this year because – they beat themselves up early on. Atlantic 10, considering it's a conference where you don't get as many quad one opportunities, unlike the Power Five conferences, right? Yeah. You got to take advantage in the early stages. In the St. Louis, Dayton, VCU, they didn't take advantage of that early on. And then, of course, as in any conference in America, teams know each other, teams are familiar with each other players even with a transfer portal going on and everybody moving in every direction players are still familiar with each other's systems and whatnot and so you're going to beat each other alive you're going to cannibal itself one way or another and that's unfortunately what happened with the atlantic 10 this year which really stinks considering where collegiate athletics is headed right so you have greg sankey in the sec who wants to expand the tournament to 96 teams well, all that's going to do is have every power five team in the country right going to the ncaa tournament and even disparage the mid-majors even more push out the atlantic times push out the wccs push out the mountain west but let me ask you this mike and i, and I was talking to a, a coach earlier today when you think of march madness you think of the cinderellas right like who off the top of your head do you think of when you think of march madness when you think of cinderella Absolutely, right? You, you think of the Cinderella stories, and that doesn't come from a 500 NC State team. Oh, no, like yeah. Nets, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Loyola, VCU, Butler, you know? Exactly, and that's what makes college basketball so great is that any team can compete no matter the size of the school, sure. unlike college football, where it's those big research institutions with tens of thousands of kids. So it, 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 it's a real struggle. Um, because college athletics is at a crossroad, and I'm worried about the future of the Atlantic 10. Um, it's, it was a conference 10 years ago that got six bids, and now we're going to have one. So it, it's uh, the Atlantic 10 is down bad. Yeah, it's oh – God. And 
at NIL and the transfer portal and the football part of this thing, I, I don't know, man. I, I think college basketball, I mean, look, March-wise, I'll watch a ton. I don't know as if I've ever watched less than this year. I, I just think the product overall, you know, you want to you wanna flip on just a, a – I'm not talking about Titanic matchups. I'm not talking about Duke Carolina and Big Monday and all that kind of crap. But just you want to flip on like a regular Thursday night game, you got to really, really, really be into it. You know, just a, just some regular game with a couple of mid-level teams in a Power 5 or like even the A-10. I mean, I hate to say it, that's a conference that you and I are closest to, obviously, because of Bana. But, Jack, I, the product's not that good. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, I don't know if you saw last week the Fordham-George Mason game. Uh, at the end of that game, it was tied at 48 going into overtime. Yeah. I mean, it was oh. just an absolute slugfest. Oh, my gosh. And wasn't DePaul the other night, wasn't it like a 28-2 game, like nine minutes in or nine minutes yes, left in the was. first half? Okay. Yes, it was. Oh and and I love the Big East, too, right? The Big East sure. is a conference that I grew up on, you grew up on. Of course, that was depleted by football. And it's kind of ironic because I'd argue the ACC has not really – done much since uh Cuse and Pitt left the Big East to go to the ACC aside from Cuse's big final four run in 2016 but even then they were a double digit seed right yep, yep. they weren't the dominant Big East power that they used to be right but the Big East it, it they're they're an interesting cat too because you, you, they're kind of the power five plus the Big East and it'll be interesting to see what the Big East teams do this year considering Villanova's post Jay Wright first year Kyle Neptune Villanova's not what they once were UConn intrigues me, but UConn has been up and down all year, right? It, it, I, I don't know. It, it's it's. I'm with you in terms of the product. Um, I I like yourself. Have paid attention to the Bonnies, obviously, and the Atlantic Ten. Outside of that, the big time programs don't interest me as much. I've watched some Big Twelve, but like it, it when when Kansas hosts Texas Tech, that doesn't interest me at all. It, it just, it, I, you know, I, I don't know. It, 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 maybe I'm crazy in saying that, but I agree with you that the product's been down. Yeah, no doubt. And by the way, that 15-16 Syracuse team, they had some bad losses on the schedule, including at St. John's, but it was the out-of-conference wins that got them in off the bubble. You know, UConn, Texas A&M, that Bahamas tournament, I think is where that was. Uh yep. I remember watching those games in a, in a Philly bar because I was working a string job for ESPN. You know, that team lost four in a row late December, early January um, in the ACC. They finished the year losing five of six, I, you know, I, and then they got in and boom, March, bang, two, three zone, can't, you know, come back against it. Well, they got a big break because Middle Tennessee beat Michigan State in that in that first Correct. bracket, the 15 over two, you know, then they beat Gonzaga with the big time block uh, there and, and and then Virginia coming back and, and Malachi and all that. But uh, yeah, I, I, you fast forward and now though, you're right. I mean, the college basketball product is just not that good. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to end with this Fordham. It seems like there is a, a, a sort of a Renaissance there. They've got a really bright coach. Uh, the gym is packed. The students are bananas. Uh, they, and this is great for New York city basketball and all the rest, but they have a poor out of conference schedule. They play in a poor conference. Is there any way Fordham can get a bid? Even uh, let's say they reach the a 10 tournament final and look really good doing it and lose at the buzzer in the final. There's still no way, right? They got to go win the tournament. They got to win the tournament. And no There's doubt. No okay. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, I and, agree. And Fordham, Fordham had two marquee opponents in the non-con. Um, their first 
road game was at Arkansas when Arkansas was top 10 in the nation and the Razorbacks just wiped the Rams off the floor. But then Florida won at Tulane. Uh, Tulane's, a, Tulane's a top 100 team, pretty solid, and that was a huge win for Fordham then. And I remember thinking of that when Fordham got the win down in New Orleans, I thought, hmm, something might be different in the Bronx this year. Something might be a little different, right? Because last year, Fordham, they were middle of the pack 8-10. And for the last 20 years, the Rams were hanging out in the cellar, oh. barely winning six, seven games a year, right? And now they've won more than 20. And, Mike, I have to say, when Fordham beat Bonaventure on February 15th, I was there. I walked out of that gym. That was one of the loudest environments I've ever been in. Thrill hmm. Hill is what they're calling it. Yeah. And the students were just unflappable the whole game. When I showed up to the Rose Hill gym at 6 p.m. for a 7 p.m. tip-off, Students were lined up out the door. They had a DJ outside playing Let Me Clear My Throat. <laughs> the campus was buzzing. I mean, it was amazing to see. And that's what New York City needs. I mean, if you look at the greater New York area. Horrible. They're horrible. Horrible. Right? horrible. Two best teams are Iona and Fordham. Right. right? It's, right. It's, it's actually hilarious. Yeah. Um, these two little Catholic schools north of the city, less than five miles away from each other, are dominating the college basketball scene in the Big Apple. So, uh, trust me, I would love to see Fordham go to the NCAA tournament. They haven't been since the early 90s. They would need to win the whole thing. Yep. And I, and I think they can. I think they can. Uh, but it, but it would it would definitely be tough. But I will say this, too. With the A-10 tournament in Brooklyn, Fordham's got the home floor advantage, and I guarantee you the students are going to show up in droves to see their Rams just like they have at Rose Thrill. Yeah, I mean, look, if the Bonnies don't pull a miracle, I'm rooting for them. I want to see it. I think it'd be great. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you on this, Jack. Um, Fordham, obviously, in the basement for so long in the A-10 and, and really in the basement of overall college basketball for a ton of years as well. Can I guess that you were born in – were you born in 2000? 1998. 98. Okay. So still, still for a guy my age makes me sick. Um, but no, uh, <laughs> but so, so 98, so you were two year. when were you born in 98? What month? July. Okay. So you were shy of two years old when I was a sophomore at St. Bonaventure in two, 99, 2000, when the Bonnies made the tournament, you know, the history, yeah, yeah. three free throws, Messiah capers, almost beat Kentucky, the noon game in Cleveland, blah, blah, blah. Should have been Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, Fordham that year beat Bonaventure twice, and I was so embarrassed. They went to Fordham and lost, which was bad enough, and then I went to the NHL All-Star Game in Toronto that year, by the way, and went to the Fan Fest, went to the U.S. Women, uh, uh, US Women's Game, USA-Canada, went to the All-Star Game, did the skills competition, met a ton of Hall of Famers, the whole thing, and I was like, Oh, you know, because anytime you miss a Bonna home game, you you know you're like, oh, this is not like, mm, I can't miss home games at Bonna. It's that special to us, right? But I was like, well, how many times am I going to be able to go to the NHL All Star Game? So my buddy Ralph Schwartz on campus says, let's go. I said, okay, here we go. We're driving back, and they lost at home to Fordham, and I'm like, that's it. They're not going to get in the tournament now, and yet they were the last team in. That's how it used to be every single year. If you lost to Fordham, you were embarrassed, Jack. Embarrassed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I knew you'd and like that story. Where, and that's where a lot of alums this year and fans alike, right? Like, how do we lose to Fordham twice? Yep. 
and I, and I, and, and one of my columns, I wrote, this is not your father's Fordham Rams. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's something different going on at Rose Hill. Yep. Uh, I really love Keith Thurman, the head coach. I got to talk with him after that Bonaventure game. He is as charismatic, caring, and loves his players as much as anybody else in the country. I, I, I'm, I'm like, like you said, if the Bonnies bow out early, which unfortunately there's a chance of that happening, and they're staring VCU down the gauntlet if they oh. win their first game. Gosh. I'm rooting for Ford and the rest of the way with you. Yeah. And, and it, it, it would be a tremendous, tremendous story to see them. And who knows, Mike, maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but but the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight are a Madison Square Garden this year. <laughs> nice. Nice <laughs> nice way to end that. Uh, I know this guy, Jack Milko, cannot wait to start pounding balls down the fairway. Uh, he's got to be driving a car that says, I'd rather be driving a Titleist. That's, that's just my kind of guy. Uh, but he covers the St. Bonaventure Bonnie's men's basketball team in the Atlantic 10 as well. For 810 Talk, he's also a USBWA member. You can get him on Twitter, a must-follow, a must-read everywhere, at Jack underscore Milko. Jack, thanks for uh, coming on here. And I, look, i got to tell you, you are pumping out some amazing content. You're a superstar in the making in this business, so don't stop now, my man. Mike, appreciate the kind words, and I always love talking hoops with you, and thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube